Welcome to another episode of the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm here with my brother, Angelo Cisco, fellow king. <laughs> We've just been jamming here for the last few minutes. And thankfully, uh, Ryan over here is the smart one in the room and telling us to press record. <laughs> Ryan's the Swiss train conductor. He makes sure <laughs> shit gets going. <laughs> we had a rolling start, guys. Put it that way. Like, we already started pushing this thing downhill. <laughs> yeah. And you guys are here with us now. I'm so yeah. grateful to be here. Grateful uh, to have you in San Clemente again. Yeah, it's gorgeous here. I told you before we got on that I've been living the California lifestyle. And it's lovely. Been here for a few weeks. And last time I was sitting in the seat, you were interviewing me. So this is an honor and a privilege to be reversing the roles here. Well, my man, I'm honored to be here. Especially because when we were here last time, you were talking about kicking this thing off. Yeah. Your excellent laser focused coaching was part of the reason why this thing got a date a launch date and now it's i don't know we're on this is probably the 14th episode we've Ooh, recorded you've been cranking bro. cranking man cranking cranking the podcast loving lifestyle. it do you have a certain amount you put out one a week or so i started with launching five uh, right off the bat. Yes. Some advice from some people. They're like, yeah, put it out there. Let people binge. And they did too, which was great. And I've been releasing one a week, but just because people say that's what you do, I'm thinking about doing more. I'm fucking loving it. What I like is you have one that goes out that people could count on. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, whatever else happens after that, yeah, we interrupt this. <laughs> program for another one you just throw it out there i mean i think about it. i write non-traditional rules for every other area of my life like why do i need to follow those rules <laughs> yeah and anyone that becomes a fan of the thing why wouldn't they want an extra mm -hmm. one here or there especially if you're able to do it or all that good stuff yeah and i mean i'm sitting right now we've released eight we just released number eight yesterday with I think you know Mike Salemi, oh, good Mike brother. Or, oh, when was he by the house? Fire he was by the house in June, I think. Was it June? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was way. Dude, this is already the end of July. He was here sometime. Mid-June, he stayed one night by the house, and then he came by. Yeah. And we just released eight. This is number 14. I'm like, I don't want to sit on all these fucking great conversations. Get them out there. Either do I, because... When someone's mentioning something on the show that's not necessarily about, oh, you're launching a product, but just they're talking about August. Yeah. And then someone, you, you hear it in <laughs> October, December, you're like, yeah. why is this I even know. on right I know. now? And I would rather get them all out, have a little pressure to go record more than have a bunch stocked up. When someone's like, yeah, I'll put this out in three months yeah. and i'm like well i wish you would have told me that because yeah. i would have brought out my crystal mm -hmm. ball figured out what was happening yep. in october and gave you some q4 shit for sure <laughs> man yeah I'll, I'll project out from there i'll tell you where i'm wearing for halloween you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> <laughs> my buddy kyle you know kyle kingsbury he's got oh a fucking goodness. fire show and pre rona time he's like i have 10 fire episodes that was from pre-Rona, and nobody wanted to hear about it once that happened. So he's just sitting on these 10 fire episodes. So yeah. 
Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Right. That's my thing is get them, put them out because who knows what we're talking about next. Yeah, it's true. All right. All right. I guess we're in it. We're in it. I guess we, we're recording now. We were chatting about money. We were. And woke don't mean broke. That's right. I've had so many evolutions with money. And what we were talking about is a period of time where it was all about money. I don't know if you were ever at that point. It was like oh material this, achievement that, just for the dollar. And yeah, I did pretty well in that world. Love that world. And then something happens. You do some spiritual work. You do, and you just like, oh, you flow through life. You want to do it all for free. And I actually started to reject money. Same. Yeah. When was that for you? When was that time that you were starting to reject? So here's my thing, my money story. I grew up idolizing someone out of my neighborhood that made millions of dollars being a futures commodities trader. Mm -hmm. And I spent three, four years clerking and working at the mercantile exchange. And so I had an idea of money from a young man that one of the things I loved about it is it allowed me to not think of money as a noun. It's a number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And money's not a person. Mm. If I wrote 12 on this, whatever, there's very little charge to it. It's just 12. It's just mm-hmm. a number. And so me being able to see someone lose a hundred thousand and then make a hundred thousand in an hour. I had this not such a deep connection. And then also too as a young man though, it caused me to be around a world where people didn't respect it either. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't fully honor money for energy. I didn't learn that till later. But just that was the downside is I had this almost carelessness to it. And I grew up along with being around these people that made this kind of money. I actually saw how they made the money and a lot of what happened that I saw transpire was the people that made the most money did things illegally or just they broke some rules, yeah. bent some, some rules, random, yeah, mm-hmm. right? And when you're trading and someone knows the trades that are coming in. And so I had a relationship with money early on that the bad people, mm-hmm. you had to do bad a little bad mm-hmm. to make a lot. Mm-hmm. If you really wanted, you know, you wanted to buy a $100,000 car, it was only going to get there bad. And that's when I started my spiritual journey. I started rejecting money because I was like, oh, for me to make a lot of money, I had to go be a bad person. Mm-hmm. And then when I would make money, I had this subconscious inner belief that I wasn't worthy of holding on to it or receiving it all the way because I thought I did something bad to get it or Influence and manipulation is no different than when someone says they're scared or excited. They're technically the same things. Mm -hmm. It's just where your intention is and your lenses. And that took me a bit to do. 
And then uh, explain that a little bit more. Yeah. So sales in our space with health and wellness and development is when I'm on my enrollment or sales calls, there's a part of me that I am moving someone and influencing someone to this higher version of themselves. And so I'm helping them be a better version of themselves. Now, in the same breath, I could also be doing that to make money for myself and take, but not necessarily further up as well. Not for two people Mm -hmm. going up. Yeah. That's the difference between influence and manipulation. Mm -hmm. So if I push you down for me to go up, it's manipulation. Mm -hmm. If I'm pulling you out of your bullshit to invest 5,000 in my program so that you show up and you bet on you and then that you're going to do all these things so you come out on the other end is better, I sleep fine. Yeah. And at the same time, though, people may hear that and think, oh, Angela, that's how you justify it. No. The reason that I understand NLP and these deeper story things and really push people that way is in order for people to actually do everything that they have to do in this work, if it's not enough money for their balls or their vagina to get into their stomach mm-hmm. a little bit, sure, we'll a little bit. <laughs> they're not going to do the work it takes to actually untangle the stuff. Because I grew up in a very gambling culture and I do even like gambling to stay. I like it. And so like, if you go to a blackjack table and you put $5 a hand, you don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. There's no connection to it. But if you go and you're playing a hundred dollars a hand or 200, whatever risk really yeah. feels Depends like on what, yeah. Right. There's a certain level of intentionality and energy. That's just different. Mm-hmm. And, I really believe that unless you're tapping into that, you're not really present anyway. Mm -hmm. And so the higher the risk, the more presence Mm -hmm. it just is. Yeah. And so that for me is why I'm very comfortable even having money conversations or doing anything. And also too, like we talked about just for a second with this mercantile exchange and this stuff is, my ability or being in that world and seeing it move so quickly and people being able to do that and experiencing that I have a really bigger tolerance than most and definitely more to my wife. My wife gets petrified Mm. of what makes me sweat about money and makes her sweat about money. Like I don't right now at this very moment, anything under 10,000, I'm like, yeah. who cares? Lesson, like, lesson learned. Yeah, right? like we could pick this up a lot quicker uh-huh. than we think. And yeah, when I work with people on a one-on-one basis, especially in business, the first thing I do with them is I go before we get into anything, you are going to establish your hourly rate, and then what I also do with them is, is I go every time that you consciously learn something, went through something 
went through the whole cycle of learning, like the hero's journey. You go through something, you go into the underworld, and then there's, when you come out, Joseph Campbell calls it an elixir. But if you know something new about you or a new skill, you give yourself a raise Mm -hmm. because that is now a part of you. And then other people are going to have a different version of that. Mm -hmm. And that should be more money because you are able to give more ceiling. You Mm -hmm. raised yours. Now you raise theirs. Mm -hmm. And I don't see people doing that enough, especially in our space. Mm -hmm. I see people charging $500 for their program for two and a half years. (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. they've done, they've had at least two big breakthroughs mm-hmm. internally, mm-hmm. which then bleed everywhere. everywhere you know yeah. the deal. And then I'm just like, well, how much did that cost you? I went to this retreat, mm-hmm. went through all these things, did that great. How much was that? Perfect. Then I went through this and that and did that perfect. Well, one then I go, did you upgrade your course in that time? Yeah, three times. So mm-hmm. how much did you upgrade the pricing? Not at all. Well, I go, if you upgraded the course three times, why didn't you upgrade the cost three times? Mm -hmm. And little things like that and just getting people to do that. And also, too, like I mentioned to you, my goal is to teach for free. Mm -hmm. If it's something that you would do for free, do it for free. Yet make sure that you're financially independent enough Mm -hmm. that you could do it for free. And then it's really fun. Yeah. I have two or three people that I work with that I do not charge. Mm. And there's the people that could pay way more than the work I do. I don't charge them because what, I know. What, what is it specifically about those people? Because I know that there are going to be ripples mm-hmm. from them mm-hmm. because of what they already could do. And the opportunities that I may be a part of with them longer term. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy to be with those guys and do that. And I give them all a special business card (laughs) that is only, I've only given to. Do you have a burner phone that goes along with that? No, it's so funny (laughs) you say that. They're the only people I go, listen, you need me. You don't text you better not slip into a DM, oh, dork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pick up the phone like it was meant to be used for, and you hit call. And yeah. if I don't answer, leave me a voicemail, and I'll fucking call you back. Mm-hmm. And those guys are the people that come by the house or we have a conversation maybe once a quarter or twice a year. You know, it's not this mm-hmm. continual kind of stuff. Yeah. It's more like a big, oh, Angelo, this company's trying to buy my company. I'm not, like when they're at pivotal moments. Border meetings. Right, like, Mm -hmm. or Angelo, my wife and I just had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Help me through this right now. I'm lost. Yeah. And those are the guys that I really want to bring up. And also, too, I love helping the bad guys become the good guys. Mm-hmm. And one, people look at that and hear that at first. And when I've read the Bible and Paul, who is Paul to the Corinthians and all that stuff, which is messenger of God, is translated 
Before he became Paul, his name was Saul, and he was a hitman hired to kill Christians. And so I look for also the people that are shady. Like my dream client is Dan Bazilrian. Yeah. I want to meet him, and I would love to sit down with him and go, dude, you are not a piece of shit. Yeah. You have done acts Mm -hmm. that aren't great yet. Let's think about this. 50 million people follow you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You are special. Mm -hmm. You just weren't giving light. Mm -hmm. I want to work with that guy, not the guy that's scared Mm -hmm. to do things. Yeah. Like, give me 10 Mm -hmm. Hitlers. Yeah. (laughs) No, seriously, give me 10 Hitlers. Uh Uh-huh. That's the guys I want to coach. Don't give me 10 cream puffs that aren't even going to be able to be shift anything. And it's just like, that's your problem. I don't even want to breathe next to you. (laughs) But give me 10 bad people, you know, quote unquote, people that influence poorly, Mm -hmm. like you. Mm -hmm. Like them or not. Don't yeah. you want to coach Donald Trump for a couple of years? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Dude, like <laughs> yeah. the Don? Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> these uh-huh. guys, you put the right lens on these yeah. guys. They're the ones that great. You know who's going to be the next up and coming person that I really believe is this story? Is the one cat from uh, Barstool Sports. Dave, Dave Portnoy. Portnoy. Yeah. Right? He started out Saturdays are for the boys. Yep. Beer pong. But you see him now. Mm. He's much more. He's gotten into a place where he's using his influence mm-hmm. in a more constructive manner. He's not just smashing beer cans <laughs> yeah. and doing backflips with yeah. his buddies. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see now yeah. a movement mm-hmm. where these 20-year-olds are going to be better people. Right. Those are the people mm-hmm. that I want to coach for nothing mm-hmm. because I will receive energetically, whether that be in the green or just overall energetically. It's all the same. You yeah. know that. But just you'll get it back. Right. And that to me is where I long term want to be with my coaching. Very much like we were talking, the real primo, like, people that mm-hmm. he has worked with on a small level but he has now i don't imagine him just going yeah i'm gonna charge you for right i'm gonna invoice <laughs> you for every three or four yeah. things and that's what i really want to move into because then it's fun right and pulling or feeling like i'm pulling mm-hmm. or convincing mm. i don't want to convince anyone i don't think you can really can, right yeah. it's like yeah. inside of them somewhere wants to be convinced or they're they're convincing themselves but it's like why we want to play this game it's a game it's like we want to play this game or you just want to do it like yeah just, either just, do it or not right i want yeah. to be with the guys that are just like have you ever seen the movie the town with ben affleck love it okay yeah you know that scene when after he meets the girl and she tells him that the guy's been picking on her and he goes by that crazy guy's house mm-hmm and he goes, listen, we're going to go beat some people up, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm not going to tell you why, and don't ever ask me about it. And there's like a hesit- there's a moment of pause, and he goes, whose car are we taking? Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to be around those guys. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. I don't want to be around yeah. the guy. I'm like, dude, I see the God in you. 
You need to see mm. this inside of yourself. I'm just mm. like, to me, that's when what we do or what I do. And I say we because I know that you and I are very similar in the space and how we show up. That's when I feel like it's work. Mm. When I could go up to those guys, this does not feel like work. It yeah. feels like the best time ever. <laughs> yeah. And so why wouldn't I want to experience mm -hmm. more of that? And so that's why for me with those key people, mm -hmm. I just go, come on, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You guys are cool as fuck. Mm -hmm. You know that you are. Yep. You just forget <laughs> sometimes that your crown isn't straight, and I want to straighten it out for you mm -hmm. because it doesn't take too long. Mm -hmm. And they're cool people. Right. Right? And you could do it, or I could do it, in unconventional ways, and they're just down. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, come on over. The second they walk in the house, throw a microdose of mushrooms. I go, yeah, just try this out. It's a new vitamin. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay. And the next thing you know, I'm blowing some bags at yeah. them. And I'm like, so what's going on? Yeah. And they unravel uh -huh. it. We unravel it. And then they leave. And then like two hours later, they already call me up and they go, oh, man, I already started doing this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, of course you did. Yep. Those are the people that I want to do this for free. Mm. And then the people that it's more pulling teeth or they're early on in their game that I'm just like, you guys are the ones mm -hmm. that I really want the money from mm -hmm. because you feel like work to me. Because mm. you're putting out a lot of energy. Whereas like hanging out at the crib, smoking bags and <laughs> doing microdoses, that's right. Cause they that's what we do anyway. <laughs> right. And then oftentimes too, with those higher level people, they understand giving and receiving without me saying something. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Those are the yep. people too, for me, talk about, we were driving, talking about referrals. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't even have to ask. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're just like, Hey, they're like, Hey, how can I help you? And I'm like, Oh man, you know, uh, my program starts August 17th. And then for the next week, there's nothing but text messages. Hey, I got to connect you to this mm -hmm. guy, connect you to this guy, this guy, this guy. Yeah. And those are the people that I really want to be with. Mm -hmm. Than everyone else, not that there's anything wrong with them. They're just early in the game. Mm -hmm. And for where I am, I don't want to be dragging those people along. It mm -hmm. just bores me at, it drains my like when we had our our gyms. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same idea. Mm -hmm. The coaching of just constantly. Oh, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. But just the people, the people that want support, not accountability. That's there you go. Yeah. That sums it really up. Mm -hmm. And then with the money stuff, is this idea of it, and then people like, oh, there's not enough or anything like that we're supposed to be in the biggest fight on the cusp of a biggest financial crisis and all these sort of things and it's been impendent and we're doing this i don't know about you bro <laughs> last two years i've seen more money with flying around mm -hmm. yeah where people are happy to write checks mm -hmm. for things that i was like wait how much you want to pay me to talk for an hour? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. I'm down. You know what I'm saying? Like on a Zoom on a Tuesday afternoon where 
I could be in my yes. underwear. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then realizing, too, with those resources, which money is just a resource, that I could help more people. And also, too, I have a family. Yeah. And I don't have a certain attachment to, like, we need this. But God mm-hmm. damn it. Why wouldn't you want to? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to drive a Mercedes? Like, just why wouldn't you want yeah. one? Oh, I don't need one. Well, think about how many things we, we technically don't, don't need anything, anything in, that we live with. Yeah, yeah. like oh. we just convince ourselves. Yeah, I'm just like, well, technically, I yeah. live in California, in SoCal. <laughs> I don't need a house. I could live in a teepee. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I don't want my yeah. fucking house. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I could eat. We could live off rice. But God damn it, doesn't a big fucking tomahawk steak taste good, too? <laughs> I'm like, come on, yeah. bro. Yeah. I knew something shifted in me when I was at Paul's. This is recently. just a few weeks ago. And Shervine pulled up in an all-black McLaren. And the old me would have been, look at this fucking guy. And the new me in that moment was like, fuck yes. I'm like, I love that. Like that's, and, and there's something about, for me, it was, I mean, we rolled up here in the convertible yeah. and I just went up to the rental car and I was like, you know, I could get this car that I booked this little midsize SUV yeah, Hyundai or whatever. Yeah, whatever like, it is. Sonata, I was whatever like, the fuck okay. And in the booking of it, I was booking of just price and functionality yeah. and the need. And I was like, what would it add to my experience of life? If I had this car yeah. and I fucking love it, yeah. I'm smiling when I'm driving down the five. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you just want to make it really good? Shout out to Servine, Servine mm-hmm. and Symbiotica yeah. and mm-hmm. all that dude. He's a cool cat. He is a cool cat. Yeah. He's super I'm cool. Get him on the show. Yeah. I really dig him. And then you have a certain energy about you. Like, mm-hmm. When you pull up in a McLaren and you get out of the car, there's a certain energy. And I really believe that why wouldn't you want to have a certain vibration on top of a good foundation? Mm -hmm. And what that means is, like, take a Chervine, for example. He drives that McLaren, but he already knows who he is, Mm -hmm. and he's not doing it. That's the difference. To get pussy. Yep, that's the difference. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like the difference between... I need this to fill me up to it. be someone versus, oh, I fucking know who I am. And like, this is dope. And it's going to, yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be more fun yep. to do it the fun way? Like do it the fun way. you're in California, you <laughs> yeah. got hair like that. Why shouldn't you have a fucking convertible? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Right. Drive up to Malibu, even put on a babushka, let your hair, you know what I mean? (laughs) Blow through the wind. Why wouldn't you want to experience that? And money Mm -hmm. allows us to have a certain level of abundance. It really does. That's Mm -hmm. why, as far as a lot of spiritual teachers, that's why I keep going back to Osho. Osho, I know. Osho yeah. is he got a better app on he, Netflix series. Dude, but. yeah. I mean <laughs> Osho is to me the first guru that I've experienced that did not try to push away the Western way. Mm-hmm. He 
integrated it in a beautiful way. That's why he had all the cars. Yeah. Why wouldn't he drive around in a Rolls Royce and experience a life full of that? Like, this is why I love the Fat Buddha. Because to me, the Fat Buddha is the coolest Buddha. Because this is the Buddha. (laughs) The coolest. I want to go to the Fat Buddha's house. Mm -hmm. That's just like. Hey guys, what are we doing today? Yep. We feasting? What's Infinite what are we spread? Yeah, yeah, like Notorious B.I.G. Like that's why he's my favorite rapper because it's just eating cheese, eggs, and Welch's <laughs> grapes, sitting in the jacuzzi, smoking L's while you do me. I just want to be with the people that want to just have these yeah. glorious parties. Everyone knows who they are. Everyone could feel free to be abundant and not unjudged. And just let themselves mm-hmm. go do what they want mm-hmm. and not have to feel that they have to fit in a certain paradigm. And money allows us in this current reality yeah. to have a sense of freedom. Mm-hmm. So why not experience it? Mm. To me, when people are holding back from that or even not wanting to step into that, it's denying Mm -hmm. the reality and then doesn't that go against every rule of happiness accepting the reality is what eliminates eliminates suffering yeah Yeah, right it's it's the whole thing and how many people are are suffering as a result of money close to universal at any point in someone's life absolutely most and so i love the idea of it and to me, it's not to hoard it or, but, yeah. dude, I love having people by my house and they could come over and yeah. I could have beautiful meals for yeah. them and they could eat and they could drink and they could feel hearty mm-hmm. and happy and know that shit. Look at this. We're not going to run out of tobacco yeah. today. Yeah. Life is good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like great. Yeah. And I've been poor. Mm-hmm. Same. I lived in my car, lived on the couch at my gym because I couldn't afford both rent and home. I used to go see Jason Lydon, who was my mentor in CrossFit as far as like coaching. I used to fly to to New York and get a rental car. And I couldn't bring him to tell him this at the time, but I would sleep like in the back of a Jetta Mm -hmm. or a $40 crackhead motel motel Mm -hmm. where... I would sleep fully clothed, mm-hmm. had a hoodie on and everything because I was so skeeved out by the bed Yeah, and go through that. And not that that was bad because I was still grateful to be yeah. there, yet why wouldn't I want to stay at the Ritz? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do, I also think, where poorer cultures have been often repressed by wealthy people for their own gain, mm-hmm. manipulation. Right. And then what winds up happening is generations that gets passed down. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Yeah. And then we cling to a story that doesn't get us to glory. Yeah. So I'm all about, we should all pop Chris and Jack Coes and do backflips <laughs> off yachts and have a good time. <laughs> like, I want to be that hunt, guy. Hunt. Yeah. And I think, you said this earlier, it's because that is a part of this collective reality that we're all choosing to participate in. 
But like you can travel in this time right now to cultures that don't really buy into it. And so in that culture, you don't need money because they have a different set of rules. But if in the reality you choose to play in, that's one of the call it rules. You better learn how that rule works. Yes. Learn how to use it to your advantage. For sure. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the mindful coaches or people that are getting into the space, I go, okay, so you know how to coach, you know how to be a better person, but do you know the skill of enterprise? Mm. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, well, there's a skill to making money besides you feeling worthy of it. Do you know that? And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to go out and learn that skill, your juice that you want to give to the world will not be out there. You yeah. can't reach it's less people. people that will be drinking that juice. That's it. Less impact. For sure. Yeah. And the more that I really believe that mindful practitioners get that, we have a chance to win and make a bigger dent in this stuff mm -hmm. or in what we do because not that it's a war and I don't want to say it that way just but for the sake of this analogy let's just say awakened people were at a war with the unawakened people wars cost money and i need to buy as many bullets just as many to have a chance as the other guys yeah and if we're looking at mm. these bill gates he's got we, a lot of bullets we will never win Mm -hmm. binary acknowledged and accepted mm -hmm. we will never win unless we collectively have enough money mm -hmm. in our pockets to beat them i do believe in a time where the system changes and that the one dollar to one dollar how many bullets can that buy that conversation changes but we're not even close to that not even close and so for the purposes of participating and winning yeah. in that game you need to learn that totally you need to learn it yeah mm -hmm. and i'm about that life okay and also too there is a part of me that is still a little gangster and like you saw i accept cash for my program love it <laughs> that's one of the things that i've taken from you i went out to the bank and i got a bunch of cash out i went to the farmer's market and then i was just like Dude, I love rubber brick, band bricks of cash. Yeah, bricks. You saw me this morning. I'm like, wait, let me do this real quick. And I pulled out a brick from my backpack and I just put a post-it note. I'm like, row, deposit in savings. Yeah. And I left on the counter and go, all right, good. Let's yeah. get the fuck out of here. He looked at me and I was like, yeah, dude. I said, but there is a certain frequency mm -hmm. that I refer to as power. Mm -hmm. It's a powerful frequency mm -hmm. to for me yeah. to feel mm -hmm. a lot of money in my pocket. I think that moving to digitals of like ones and zeros is actually taking people away from knowing that money is just an energy exchange. I think it is. It's like a pursuit of some imaginary thing now. It's not even yes. a physical thing that you can give to someone else and they give you something back. Is actually disconnecting people. 1,000%. So I did some research on money. Let's hear it. Money was originally created. The reason why money started is because 
we didn't have two things we wanted to barter over. Mm. So you can agree on that. Right. So yeah. I had a cow and you had a horse. Mm-hmm. You wanted to sell your horse, but all I could trade you was a cow. And you I don't need a cow. You didn't need yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So we put a value on there. Mm-hmm. And Someone all, else needs a cow. Right. Someone else needs a horse. So then that's what we created money for. That's the original reason there was money. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, a little caveat at Anytime I borrow someone money, anytime I give it to them in cash, I don't care how much it is, Mm. because I want them to feel, Mm. really feel, not just look on the screen, of what I'm giving to them and the weight Mm. of that is. My wife thinks I'm ridiculous, (laughs) but to me, it's just like, here, I am loaning you this. Mm -hmm. Mm. Treat it with respect. See this. Feel Smell this it. energy. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm giving you. Yeah. I'm not just then mooing mm-hmm. it away. And to me, that I, is. I, I fucking forget when I press the Venmo button. So like, oh, did you Venmo it to me? I'm like, I don't, did I? Look, I don't, I don't right. know. I don't remember. He found money in a PayPal, uh, one of our PayPal. <laughs> like, you don't even know. Yeah, I know. And that's why for me, I love currency to yeah. be as present as we can mm-hmm. because then we really see and feel the energy mm-hmm. versus just looking at yeah. a thing that numbs out the energy to me. Mm-hmm. And the more I stay connected that I enjoy, and then also, too, like I said, I grew up in a culture where, dude, pulling out a brick of money was fun. It just was. It yeah. always will. To me, it gives me a feeling of abundance. Mm-hmm. So I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. Yeah. But when I go out to dinner, like, with my wife, and they bring the bill, and you just go, all right, (laughs) let's get the fuck out of here. How many of these pieces of paper, that's all. Right. (laughs) It's just so cool to me to feel that. And for people, like you said, when you go to the farmer's market, Mm -hmm. and these farmers that have worked so hard for their stuff, Mm. and if they didn't remember their little they got a little thing. square thing. Yeah, yeah, plug, whatever yeah, that thing is called. Yeah. I'm just like, what are you guys doing to this poor guy? He's doing a $15 transaction. Uh-huh. Does he really need to report and go through all of this stuff? This man bled and dug holes in the ground for you to enjoy his yeah. stuff. All you did do was walk down the street to pick it up in a bag. And you make Probably this. Probably didn't even walk. Right? And this <laughs> guy has to go give Square 2 or 3%. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. give this man or woman yeah. their just due. Because mm-hmm. they deserve it. Yeah. Give them the full value of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe, too, this idea now that we have such an inflated marketplace. That's how I believe that people now try to justify it but now we're seeing these numbers mm-hmm. that are just ridiculous yeah if everyone paid cash for gas i bet you gas prices wouldn't be this ridiculous people are working at mcdonald's god bless people you know nothing wrong with where anyone works but now minimum wage going so high mm-hmm. it's because there's just so little value put on it well something about that is when you are pushing that number up there's just more of an incentive to replace those people altogether for that one thing and so i hate even looking at it from as that is the factor 
because then we're no longer seeing people as valuable parts of this whole. We're just looking at them as a number. I was like, yes. oh, they were a $10 number. Now they're a $15 number. Now they're a $20 number. So there's a co- yeah. they're commodity yeah. devalued. And it thing. reinforces it for that person too. Yeah. And there's no connection, like we said. There's yeah. no connection in just a digital world. And people will say, like, oh, look at you, Chris and Angelo, sitting on your thrones and, like, having these things. And, yes, it took a long time for me to accept that part. For sure. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And I don't need to tell my story to someone. I don't need to tell them where I came from, what I did, and fucking make it up yourself. It doesn't matter because I don't have the judgments about it. So whatever your judgments are, are yours. Yours. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I really do. And that's why what I ultimately. It sounds cold to some people. It does. Yeah. And I would venture to say that those people have a certain relationship with money. And I'm not here to judge their relationship. No different than I wish that they would judge mine. Mm-hmm. Yet for me, I would want them to realize the true understanding of money and what it means and them defining it now out of choice as adults and not what their predecessors gave them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I venture you and I did is we re we made a new money story Mm -hmm. that definitely wasn't my parents. Yeah. And then it's a lot easier to live in this world. And I think if we zoom out to all growth, because just our money story is one of the many pillars or columns of our growth that we have over a lifetime, individually and collectively, if we look back, like individually at our lives, and we look back, there was parts of ourselves that we had to reject to get, to swing to the other side, to be a new identity. And then we can look back at it and we can see it differently now because we're looking through a different lens. And with money, I think there's such a a strong attachment to the way that it's viewed and believed that to reject whatever the money story is would be removing a big part of someone's identity. Yes. I mean, I've just gotten systematic with removing my identity in all areas. And so I'm less attached to believing what I believe now being true a year from now. Agreed. And I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's constantly being redefined and for me money is a symbol of energy and also too for a lot of people that may be stuck in a money story it is a relationship with safety Mm -hmm. and then i would say take a look at your masculine wound go work on your masculine because if it has something to do with safety and that's more about you trusting yourself and this outside world than it does with money itself. Yeah. Money's just a representation yeah. of that. Because there's no dollar amount that equals safety. But for you, if you believe that, oh, I need this much, then I'm safe, then okay, that's your number. Maybe my number's different, your number's different. And then eventually you realize that while they may track together, they actually don't. We just put them together. Right. And I think you have to go through that real, like that, okay, what's my number? And you get the number and you're like, oh, okay, I still feel unsafe. 
fuck. Right. <laughs> to realize that you can create that safety and then you can also create that wealth on the other side. It's like, those aren't. Yes. And if you get to a place to where you, like, for instance, if all my income stops tomorrow, I would be like, oh, there's a worry there. There's a stress there. Maybe not immediately, maybe not a week, maybe not a month, but there'd be a time when I'm like, oh, okay, I'm now tying my money to safety again. And so like, what do I need to feel safe? Yes. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And then that is definitely it. And even back to when I'm on the phone with people that want to join the program and then they give me the money story, I just go, okay. The first question I ask them, I go, do you trust me? And they go, yeah. I go, okay, cool. And then my brain goes, oh, so they don't trust themselves. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, if I enroll them in this program, I know I'm trying to fix the masculine wound. Mm -hmm. And then if they do not sign up for the program after we went through every reason, I just go, here's another person running around with a masculine wound mm. and they will be repeating this the rest yeah. of their lives. Mm -hmm. And that's why um, for men, you won't step into your king. Mm -hmm. And for women, you more than likely will go find a partner that you could develop a dependency over. Mm -hmm. And in turn, that man will have a dependency on being the savior provider. Yeah, yeah, he'll become your daddy yep. mm -hmm. and not your partner. And then all of a sudden, you won't know how to function without your daddy. And then there it goes all over again. Yeah. And then just these same cycles come up, right? Oh, it's not the right time. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. you just unsafe <laughs> right right you know, scared yeah scared. And that's cool like we'll hold you in that i'll hold you in fear say you're scared yeah i'm down i <laughs> yeah. get because i could go there i, I get scared yeah. <laughs> every time i know i'm about to go step mm -hmm. into no, absolutely i'm scared and also too i'll tell you this i cry hysterically before every big program i do or I do psychedelics because I grieve for the identity that I'm about to kill. Mm -hmm. I love that you do it before. Before, because <laughs> yeah, like, I, I know it's I'm, coming. I yeah. know what I'm going to go. Yeah. I know why I'm going yep. in this room right yep. now to do this DMT. Yep. And I already want to cry for this version of uh -huh. me that's not going to come mm -hmm. out there mm -hmm. because I'm going to go on a quest mm -hmm. to kill me mm -hmm. as i know me right now yeah and then when i'm done i'm gonna feel great yet shit this <laughs> angelo version mm -hmm. i love you too bro i know and so i go cry when we're when we do that in january i walked yeah. in the room just yeah. red hysterical crying just coming out of a big cry because i know that that's what i'm essentially going to do this any work or psychedelic for is i'm gonna go kill mm -hmm. or let go whatever version right. people really want to say but mm -hmm. for me it's the rite of passage you're going to kill and that just brought up a parallel between like that the coaching that people do with you and i is it to grow and get to a new version or are they doing it for entertainment because a lot of people do psychedelics for entertainment. A lot of people do personal development for entertainment, for distraction. Yep. 
it's not fun when you do it for growth because like you said, I mean, you've got to face, you've got to face some shit. But when you do it for entertainment, it's fun. You're going to go with the one that's the most fun. Yeah. Most fun. Easiest. Easiest. And then the other side is, God, I'm going to go kill something. Mm -hmm. And here we go. And you're sorry. Yeah. I get, yeah, I do. I cry. I love that. Hysterically. What was the last good cry you had? Oh, man, I cry a lot, huh, right? I do. I'm a like very ugly, tearful. Ugly cry, though. What was that? I went to Paul's house, and we did a mandala painting yeah. thing in, I don't know, March, April. My brother Nico was there, right? Yeah, Nico yeah. was there. Shervine, sure. Kyle, yeah. everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. after the first day, I came home and had the full cry, the victim cry, the pity cry. Mm-hmm. And then into the fun cry. Yeah. Like a good uh, Rocio, I'm a victim. God damn it. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you don't know what you're doing to yeah. me. Cry. Hate everyone. Cry. Yeah. And then the, after that, I walk, I go in the room screaming at her like I'm this victim. <laughs> yeah. And then I walk out and tell her she's the most beautiful yeah. woman in the world. And you got the sniffles everywhere. I can't sleep. You got to change the pillowcase. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Just fucked that oh, yeah. one up for the fucked day. Fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even yep. care, like, if you found a Kleenex. Uh-huh. One of those. Yeah. So when was that? Maybe April? Mm-hmm. One of those full circle ones. I just did a show called The Ultimate Ejaculation. And yeah. I said that men don't understand that physically ejaculating from your dick is one thing. Mm-hmm. Crying is when your emotions get to come. Mm, mm, yeah. And that's how we ejaculate our emotions. They're both releases of pressure, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my goals <laughs> that men to really get yeah. is. I love that. Dude, Yeah, ejaculate. Mm-hmm. Let it all out because when that cry's done, <sighs> the afterglow of that mm-hmm. one is way better than way the better. one from yeah. the dick. Mm-hmm. Every time. Mm-hmm. Without... You know what I mean? At least for me. Me too. And so that's why I'm so into that. And anytime, like I said, I go do any type of real deep work, I I let myself have it all. Mm-hmm. How do you track when it's... Because you've been in this doing work game for a while. Yeah, right? I think yeah, five, six five, years. Five, six years. Would you say that training camp was the first thing that got you into that? Biggest cry in my adult life. Or first big one, Ryan was there because him and I did it together. You guys uh, were at the cabin in Idlewild with a knot? Yeah, it was OG three, pe- three people, three Fuck. attendees. Me and Ryan were two out of the three. That was the first one I let myself have all the way. Mm. And then I went up first with the shares, and I got into that. After that, I felt so bad. I couldn't stay awake Yeah, mm-hmm. for the other shares. Mm-hmm. I just was so drained and passed out because mm-hmm. it was one of those ones where it was 20 years. You just stopped fighting all that. Yeah, and I couldn't even stay awake. And then I think I slept like 14 hours yeah. after that. I just mm-hmm. went to bed, wanted to mm-hmm. go to bed, and then... 
now it's definitely, I mean, it's not as paralyzing because I allow myself to have it more frequently. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, though, it feels the same for me. Yeah. Like if you spend every morning of your life, you wake up and you go fight a gorilla, that gorilla being you inside, you forget you're fighting him. So you just keep waking up and doing it. And then one day when you stop fighting him, like that's a lot of <laughs> like built up <laughs> soreness. Oh like my tired. Yeah. So exhausted. Yeah. Physically, physically, just everything, all the tension gets mm-hmm. to leave you mm-hmm. or leave me. And, yeah, that's how I really started settling into and just enjoying that part of it. Once Wait. or twice a year, though, now I still have meltdowns. Yeah. They're just less duration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just go into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, there's less resistance. Uh-huh. And the faster we don't resist mm-hmm. going into the darkness, that's it. That's if it. anyone really wants to know the that's key to growth, is the actual part of growing and even being in these experiences are rather short. What makes them so difficult is the resistance Mm -hmm. to actually going into Mm -hmm. it. And then once I learned, I said this to March 6th, we had our brother Rick McCoy down here. Okay, so Rick, (laughs) Rick was at the house and... He was here, and we did a full day. Ryan stacked up a full day. He was his apprentice here, and everyone that was waiting was at my house, and we had some new people, and they were really scared. And me, I just sat on my front porch smoking joints with them, just trying to get them to relax, and I said, I'm going to spoil the movie for you. And they're like, (laughs) what? I go, no matter what's going on right now, no matter what you're going through, you're going to end up in heaven. Just know that. You get to heaven. It's not that it's going to be easy, right? It's going to be that you go to heaven. And so for me now, I know that at the end of whatever I'm going through, I'm going to end up in heaven. So I just go, fuck it, kid. You know it's going to be at the end of this bitch. Go pay the toll. Yeah. And that's what I would tell everyone before they came over here to go see Rick, because you don't know that till mm-hmm. you did it. You do it a few times, and I think the idea of resistance is there. And that's the same people too. Where for me to go into a deep journey and experience, I could smell the mushrooms now. Yeah, and just go. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Be the in first, the same room right. as them, and my body. Starts I could like look a- at them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could look at them and go. Same thing with combo. Is it's this like, ceiling moving yeah. already? People are like, what? <laughs> Dude, the first time I did psychedelics, they had to take a sledgehammer dose just to <laughs> nope, get me to just go. To get, over the over like, those first speed bump. Yeah. yeah. They <laughs> gave know. me the first cup. Yeah. My first psychedelic journey, it was in Bledsoe's house mm. in Encinitas, and Daniel Raphael led me through it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I met, and yeah. I remember him. He gave me this cacao and mushroom drink, and I drank it. And you know, it was barely anything. And I remember him looking at Mike and going, <laughs> "We gotta make more." Yeah. And Mike looked at him, and they looked at each other, and they came back, 
And then I hit another <laughs> big mug of this shit. And I was just like, I guess I'll drink it. And mm-hmm. then I went into yeah. it because then there was like mm-hmm. no hands holding me up. Yep. And then I got to really experience it. Mm-hmm. And that was a really, when was that? Maybe 2016. And that was a real big, that was a huge one. That was the day that I finally developed empathy for my mother. Mm. And then ever since then, especially because my mother's my heart, it's been much easier mm. to slip into it. Yeah, that should be the real question when dosing is, if we could really say, how much resistance are you going to have going into this? That's how much you need. That's it. And then that goes back to what we spoke about. When I am even talking to people about joining my program, sometimes I just get information about what they do and what they're, how much money they make. And sometimes that's how I even overprice the program. Yeah. Yeah, because here's the thing. You make 250000 a year and the program's 5000 or if you make six figures and the program's 500 you don't sweat it. No. Don't so sweat, it's the no. same thing as the dose. I got to right. give you a big enough dose yeah. that you sweat it. It's a little bit, not, yeah, uncomfortable or a lot uncomfortable. Comfortable yeah. enough where yeah. you're yeah. just going to let go. Right. And that's what money represents as far as to me and, in coaching programs when people are like, oh, it's this much. I just learned it from a book. You're not going to get the resistance yeah. from an inanimate object. Right. Dildo. This is why <laughs> you go in your subconscious yeah. and your ego knows this. Yep. That's why you go use this as protection. Yep, protection. Spent eight years doing that. That was my first eight years of personal development. I'm so, just oh, like, I'll just read the book. Yeah. Just, you know, just. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm just like, this is what it is. It's. There has to be that big enough dose Uh to get you to let go. Right. Feel it, go through it, and then eventually let go so you could go to the movie, which is paradise. Mm -hmm. And when I moved out here to California. And I love that we don't even say anything because everyone that listens to this podcast already knows what that sound is. (laughs) We got the gold dust on tap, everyone. She's right here. When I moved out here to California and figured out my rent was going to be five times yeah. what I was paying in Chicago uh-huh. really quick, yep. I had to go through something here yep. to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is what it's like to be here mm-hmm. and step into this. And for me, that has been a journey of continually letting go mm-hmm. of my own fear around money because of what I pay in rent yeah, and removing that story. And I think I imagine you do this, but reaffirming the quality of that decision though, how much happier are you now in your everyday life and where you live and what your experience is like? And if you reaffirm that, you're like, yeah, I know that my gut was telling me to do this, even though there was the discomfort, felt yes. the discomfort, did it anyway. And now Way better. There still are months I sweat. It's a roller coaster. Right? Yeah. Are we going to make rent this month? Mm-hmm. Are we really going to do this? Yeah. And then we do it every time. Yeah. Every we time it, it. it, dude. It's been over a year. Yeah. Haven't missed once. Mm-hmm. Anytime something comes up for me around that, like if I miss it, okay. What is this showing me? 
this isn't just a thing that happened. It's, oh, I made a decision. Okay. Did I make that decision for the wrong reason? Or did I do something else over here? Am I resisting receiving somewhere? And so for me, it's no longer about just like, oh, did I fuck up? It's like, okay, what's the learning in all of this? And it may not even be associated with the actual thing. May not be associated with the decision to come out and do this. It's like, what did I do over here two weeks ago? For sure. Yeah. Like I was beating myself up yesterday and then I woke up this morning and like I said, I went in the garage and the reason I was beating myself up and I really believe a lot of people beat themselves up is see gratitude gets thrown out there and gratitude to me is an energy. It's not just a word. Yeah. Okay. It's the energy of what or feeling of what being loving or loving, thankful for everything that you have. It's what being thankful feels like, mm. right? It's not. It's embodied thanks. Yes. It's, it's the embodied yeah. thankfulness. Yeah. And that is what I reconnected with this morning. And I felt immediately better. Like I woke last night, I lost my connection with gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that till later at night. And my wife is my muse. She's absolutely amazing. And what my wife does, especially because of this California culture, I soak my feet mm-hmm. and then she scrubs them mm-hmm. and make, like almost does like a baby pedicure. Mm-hmm. We soak them in Epsom salt and eucalyptus and she makes it really beautiful. And as this woman is sitting at the edge of my couch doing this, I started connecting more and more with just, Angela, you're in Southern California. You have a wife that takes a pumice stone to these Flintstone-looking yeah, motherfuckers. Dude, I got some big <laughs> toe-separating yeah. worked-out feet. They're fucking, everywhere. Yeah, dude, they're yeah. fucked up. Yeah. You know, I really put them through the ring. <laughs> yeah. and then I woke up this morning, and that's why I love tobacco mm-hmm. and have grown more into it because mm-hmm. – Tobacco's the father and the father plant. And what I love about the father plant is it slaps you into the presence and gratitude. And then I said, oh, man. And then I woke up this morning and instead of doing like a normal, like what I do for the morning, I grabbed the hot pay and I said, I'm going to center myself today and I'm going to ask Hape and the father tobacco to help me be in a heart space of gratitude. They snatch me by the balls and say, you're here and look and feel what's here. Mm -hmm. Boy, stop looking around what's not here. And then I went in the garage and it's never the left nostril. It's the right (laughs) nostril. And no wonder because this is the masculine masculine nostril, Mm -hmm. right? That first nostril, yeah. You're okay. I get, I get self, like one tear in the right, left. <laughs> when you're self-administering that yeah. because you go and you're feeling it and then you got to go, just go. Just go. Just go. <laughs> yeah, go. You know the rules. <laughs> yep. You know the rules. You're and not then you stopping. Stop thinking. <laughs> yep. And then you go. Phew, and then you go. Phew. Wait, you're not breathing. Get back here. Yep. <sighs> and after four or five deep breaths, I closed my eyes, I lowered the sleep mask, 
Like I told you, I had a shirt on. I go, rip that off real quick because as soon as I take that second one, 10 degrees, yep. the oven goes <laughs> yeah, up yeah. immediately, maybe even more. Yeah, it's right, yeah, dude. No matter where you are, yeah. if you're cold somewhere, just keep some hot paint. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah get you right up there. Yeah, and then I just sat there and then I did one good round of just some ventilation and I just sat there and listed out all the beauty that I was experiencing at that moment. And then I go, all right, I'm going to go take a shower. Chris will be here soon. Mm -hmm. And then it anchored me into remembering who I was. And oftentimes, from my experience, the masculine way of loving, because it is a slap and not a caress, Mm -hmm. people run from it. And or they don't translate that as love. Mm. And for me, we need both. Yeah. So when I came home last night and Rogue did the foot stuff, that was the feminine love. That was the nurture. Yeah. Yet if I would have stayed there, I would have never been able to move forward. Mm-hmm. So first, when I'm messed up, I do my best to find the feminine love. Yeah. I was like, what do I want for dinner? What will help me feel really good if I ate? And then roaded that and then move into that masculine. Mm-hmm. And then today I show up, I feel 10 million times better. I did mm-hmm. the hot pay and it's just like, shoot. Yeah. Right back in the game. Yeah. That nurturing is what like fills you up and gives you the energy to then go out and get slapped and be like, okay, what am I ignoring? Basically. Right. I'm ignoring the gentle. So slap me with whatever it is. Right. And you have your resource though, your resource to do it. So if you only have the feminine loving, you just kind of coast through life and never lean into the discomfort or the edges and you just navigate away from the back to your comfort zone. There's no advancing. Yeah. You're just stuck. And if you're always in the masculine, you're just beating yourself up, beating yourself down. Yes. Beating yourself down. And that's what I felt yesterday at the end of the day. I had a bit long day. And then if you're not your toughest critic as a man, at least, and have a good enough relationship where you realize good thing, like you need to, I need to be my toughest critic and then also to recognize when I'm hurting myself. Mm-hmm. And then in those moments, that's when once I realize that I'm hurting myself, and that usually is really in how I look at myself. The second I am not using the masculine well is when I know that I'm not treating myself like the hero mm-hmm. and I'm treating myself like the zero. Mm-hmm. The I'm incapable. Yeah. Yeah. All the those boy. things. Yeah. Then I go to the nurture, mm-hmm. want to feel safe. Mm-hmm. I mean, that nurturing, warm mm-hmm. safety. Because I'm going to go out and I'm going to go to battle. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go hunt tomorrow. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here for the next week, month, because everyone out there, that's depression. Mm-hmm. Woo! Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that how that really gets yeah. to, right? That's what turns into depression mm. and that's where it sneaks up on people it's, it's sneaky yeah right because it's, it's not just a, it's a seducer right just like a woman could be yeah mm-hmm. is at first she's beautiful she's loving but then 
I grew up with a guy, his saying was, pussy hairs can pull submarines across deserts. They do. And once <laughs> you get to that place, there's yeah. no direction. Right. Which is the healthiest form of mm-hmm. masculine mm-hmm. is that way. Yeah. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And there's a time and place to be in each one. I'm going to do a show later today just about that where I'm starting to learn on a micro level when I see the masculine being at its best and then on a day-to-day level and then seeing where it's not. I want to really bring that to people's light is you're in and out depending on the situation and to be and to avoid the big spells of falling into the extremes of the other, you want to be intertwining throughout the day intentionally. And that's what leads to burnout or the other one that leads to no doing or the depressor that never advances. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to put that out there. Mm -hmm. And also too, because I've been playing it with me. And then when you can move in and out, it's tortoise. You do move slower, yet there's less few back. Mm-hmm. So it's not forward, four up and two back, and then you're only advancing two. It's like three up and a half back. Mm-hmm. So then it's two and a half. And then at first, that doesn't look really cool because the hair may have went four in the day yep. and you only went two and a half. But then eventually the second day, when that hair goes back to two and now you're at five, mm-hmm. you did it. You did it. And that's, to me, the man's game. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm learning now more than ever in this 37th trip around the sun. Mm. It's easy to overestimate yourself in a day, but most people underestimate a year. Yes. Yeah. A year goes by quick. I've already right. lived here over yeah. a year. I still remember. And how many moments are there in a year? I mean, I don't know. Moments are like. Yeah, it depends on what your life is. Exactly. And if you take each one of those moments as opportunities to just one small step, then you get pretty far in a year. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. Much farther than I often get credit for, too. Yeah. Like looking back at a year and really Mm. being able to really savor in what you can do in a year and what a year feels like in three years and five years and 10 years, 10 years for me is if you look at yourself 10 years ago and you know who that person is, you fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't even. It's indescribable. Right. Yeah. I could look at pictures <laughs> yeah. of 27 year old uh-huh. me. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck was this crazy bastard thinking about? Yeah. I don't even know. You can live a full lifetime in 10 years. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Completely different. Human. New cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I see people that are in a very stuck world doing the same things over and over again, I'm just like, you haven't moved away from that. And my goal in life is new problems. I just want new problems. Mm. <laughs> I don't want old ones. You don't want to be solving the same one. And I don't want to not have any problems either. Right. Yeah. I just want new ones. I want fresh ones (laughs) that help me be present and then therefore stretch me to become the person to handle these new ones. Mm -hmm. Yet after I could handle those, 
relatively easy without much thought or any emotional charge, mm-hmm. I'm on a quest to go find new ones because then I actually have something I'm striving for, mm-hmm. not just, oh, my goal is to make more money. Well, what does that mean? Right. The problems are just requirement or an effect of being on your edge, That's of it. growing. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I haven't been here before. It's a little rocky here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And cool. then that to me is the difference between being alive and living. Mm. Mm. I love that. If anyone ever wanted to know, is you're on a quest for new problems mm. and then you're alive. Yeah. But if you're groundhog daying it, you're just living, you're just waiting to die. Yeah, waiting to die. And that'll happen soon enough. Yeah, I think that's why there's so much fear of death, that people aren't actually living. They're just hoping that someday they're going to feel alive, and they don't want to die before that time. Yes. You just choose to be alive today. I don't fear death. I believe that that is mostly, if you ain't afraid to die, and you ain't afraid to be poor, it's a fucking party galore. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Those are the two number ones because for me, protection or providing is such a big paradigm for everyone, especially men. And when I talk to men about providing, they first go to money. Mm-hmm. And I go, is it? Because if I have a gun pointed to your head, you really don't care about <laughs> your debt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how much? How much? Yeah. How much money you got in your bank account? People wouldn't even be able yeah. to spit out the number. No. So the first thing is dying, physical uh-huh. death. And then the second is being poor. And if those two areas for yourself and for me now with my family, if they are just checked or unchecked, as long as they're checked, we're good. Mm-hmm. We're free. Technically. Yeah. yeah. And I think most of us live the majority of our lives, not actually with guns to our head. And some people definitely do, but most of us don't have that physical danger every waking moment. And so not in fucking San Clemente not anywhere. Here. <laughs> and not in Creampuffville, San Clemente. My son could run yeah. two blocks ahead. And yeah. I see him on the street and people are just like, oh, is this your son? I'm just like, oh, great, yeah. See that in Chicago, my yeah. son would be on uh-huh. a poster yep. in a half hour milk cart. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I really look at it. And I love music and I use it in so many different ways. And I realized that a lot of the songs, especially when I listen to the words or the lines, They've become my own affirmations or affirmer. Mm. And one of my favorite songs, and this is whatever it is, is Taylor Swift style. Okay. There's a line and she says, we come crashing down, but we come back every time. And as long as I connect to that resolve in me, I feel like a million bucks. Mm. Right. We come crashing down and we come back every time. Great. Great. Yeah, there's no attachments. Right. Like, no is, emotional charge. Yeah. But also, cool. too, I love the feeling, and I'm 110% knowing this right now. I'm addicted to that feeling because, to me, that's what psychedelics feel like. That's what all that feels like. When people get out of a 
big like experience and they feel that what we uncover through these journeys is a new level of resolve, Mm. a deeper belief in yourself, a deeper, a higher level of Mm self-esteem. And the more that I could go to that crashing down or the darkness, and then I knowing that I come back every time and it's the best. Yeah. It's just the fucking yeah. best, dude. Yeah. And that's when I cry the most. <laughs> no, because once I feel that, what else is there? Yeah. What else is there to really be upset about, worried about, whatever word people want to use mm-hmm. for fear? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Stress. And I love it. Yeah. What have you talked to other people about on this show? I'm so curious. What are some of the topics? Like this? Yeah, just like this. Awesome. Just like this. I didn't intend to talk about money for an hour. It's fire. No, it's It's great. No, and also, too, so I journal every morning. Mm -hmm. And at the end of every journal entry, I write a prayer to the divine spirit. There's a great book, The Complete Works of Florence Shin. Mm -hmm. And it's four different works at four different writings or teachings that she put in this book. And she teaches you how to write prayers in one of the books, Hmm. real prayers, which is how you really write manifest or should I say, give me an example. I haven't read the book. So, so I'll admit my fear in my journal entry. I'll really write it out Mm -hmm. specifically. And I'll go, here's a, for example, until I write the words, I am scared and I am scared. I don't know where this rent money is going to come this month and we have 10 days. I'm so scared. And then I write, divine spirit, I leave the fear of me not being able to fulfill my duties to pay rent to you. And I trust that you will guide me in perfect and graceful ways. I love you. And then I sit there. And I say it out loud and I close my eyes and I take one huge breath and I let it out. And then she shows up. Mm. And then that helps me let go of the fear because I gave it to universe. Yeah. And then I know, oh God, I called on the troops. Yeah. <laughs> you put in, you put in the, yeah, the I, biggest phone a friend phone right. call you can. Yeah. I called the big one. Yeah. <laughs> and I know she's got some shit ready yeah. to go. Yeah. And <laughs> when, it's like, oh, we've been waiting for your call. Yeah, oh, we about got time you. you yeah. called us, you stupid bastard. Yeah. He's been waiting for you to admit this yeah. and leave it to us. Oh, we've been sitting it on the desk here. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> and then soon enough, there it is. Mm-hmm. And I get those fears. And then there's moments like today I went and I was sitting in my garage and I walked myself through where I already have money for rental November. (laughs) I did. Yeah. And I went, you crazy (laughs) fuck. You didn't think about this account, this account and the money. Yeah. The money that's here. Yep. Already. Already. Cause I was caught up here and because my resistance to just saying and admitting out loud Mm -hmm. that I was scared. Yeah. That to me is such a critical component of my growth is coming to terms 
and saying it out loud that I'm scared. Mm. I'm scared. Yeah. I am vulnerable. I have complete fear mm. around this. Mm -hmm. And I leave this to you. And the perfect and graceful ways is the way to finish the prayer so that I could let go even better because however it gets delivered to me was the way. Mm -hmm. And not just because of what it may be for me because I may have been supposed to miss it once. Mm -hmm. I may not be in the right house. Mm -hmm. That could be a possibility That's a too. a very real option. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Show me. Show me, yeah. Teach me. Mm -hmm. Or anything to do with money, right? Because, mm -hmm. like I said, for me, moving my family to mm -hmm. a place where the rent was going to be five times the amount was my biggest scare this last year. Mm -hmm. By far. Because I knew and still know I am letting go of so much just to live in California. And I know people go, oh, why would you put that on yourself or anything like that? Because I believe in me and I believe in the divine and I want to go test myself. Yeah. And I want to. The same thing you ask of your clients when you're like, put yeah. five grand on the table. Yeah. How much do you believe in you? Right. Yeah. And when it was my Chicago life was very cushy. Mm. It was so easy to live there that that's why I believe that I was inspired to leave there. Mm. I tapped the ceiling of what comfort, like it was just, I didn't want to make false discomfort anymore. I wanted my new environment to give me the discomfort so I could play to it. Mm -hmm. New problems. Right. And if you're in discomfort or if you're not in discomfort, it's actually a perfect time to go learn the practices of how to maintenance yourself and practice integrating good practices. Like you want to prepare. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at the last two, three years before we moved out here and the times I learned to do all the breathing and to mm -hmm. anchor myself and do that is preparing myself now to be where I am now. And now I'm in season. Yeah. And now I'm alive and in season. And it's easy when you're in the comfort to just be in the comfort and not train. And not train. The world-class Hall of Famers, they're not sitting on the couch in the off-season training the next day because they know to show up again next year, next season. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's an opportunity that's oftentimes missed when times are good, not leaning into the things that are going to inevitably come up if you keep pushing. Yes. Sit on your ass a little bit and then you go, okay. To me, that's when the throwing yourself into discipline and then you sit on your ass a little bit and enjoy it and then making sure that you could sense when you're overindulging in it, mm -hmm. when it becomes deadly sin, like it's working against you. Yeah. And then... Once you see the reality of that and could feel it, that's when you rock your Balboa. You wake up at 4 a.m., you crack some eggs, and yeah. you go start running. Yeah. And then that first run, you got a little too much tobacco, <laughs> and you're hacking a couple <laughs> loogies and shit. <laughs> 
you get the fat cramp. Yep. You know, and the, that comes through. And then <laughs> after, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the science is called, yeah. but yeah, anyone that's, that's ever been overweight, like me, I lost hundred pounds. It's a fat cramp. Yeah, yeah. Like let's just call it what yeah. it is. And then after a week, the fat cramp goes away, mm-hmm. and then you're back in shape. Yep. And that's yeah. what to me I'm in season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's a ten year cycle to mm-hmm. me. Is there is a point where in the beginning years, you ramp up. This is when now, so 2020, 2021, and 2022, I'm going to be, I'm in season. Mm-hmm. And then 23, 24, 25, I'm going to be riding, or 26-ish, I'm going to be riding the momentum of mm-hmm. all this newer version that I'm stepping into. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to, Find something else because I'll be bored, mm-hmm. yeah. which is great. Yeah. Something else will turn my head. Yeah. And then I will begin stepping into learning that because the momentum that I built in those three, four years will allow me and provide me the time I want to step into this and then it'll re, mm-hmm. re- yeah. go through it. Mm-hmm. And not to the ninth year. Will you find out what is going to be the next decade? Yeah. That's why I believe in numerology, the nine is rebirth. Mm -hmm. And then it's preparing yourself to know in all the ways, physically, psychologically, and all that prime yourself just so you're ready to go back into the bunker. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did 2018, 2019 into this stuff and now i'm in the bunker again it's just like everything i had the fat cramp you know yeah. the different kind of fat cramp and here we are here we are here yeah. we are and it's awesome i'm in learning to love them all for what they are mm-hmm. and not be mad at them for anything and at the same time for me to shift in and out of either one i use anger and i don't mm-hmm. feel that anger is a bad thing when it's used properly. Mm-hmm. When angers use that venom at someone else, I believe that that's when it's not used well. Yet for me to use a little anger to be like, Angelo, enough's enough. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck up. Yep. Stop being such a lazy fuck mm-hmm. and let's go. And that to me is in the first month or two of stepping into the in season. And I don't stay there long. It's just enough for me to get out of bed at a certain time and put my feet on the ground. Yeah. Once I get my feet on the ground, I'm good for the day. Yet, if I don't use a bit of anger and lean on that frequency because it's such a charged up frequency, yeah. so I'll just, stay in, there, yeah. I'll just stay in bed. Yep. And so there's just that split second where part of me wants to roll over and go back to bed. I use anger and lean on anger to put my feet on the ground. Yeah. And why is that bad? Right. It's not. It's just the relationship to anger that's, yeah, becomes a problem for people. Right. And then oftentimes, too, what I found is the repressing of the anger that for too long that creates it to just burst out of you. Mm -hmm. And when anger bursts out of you, it's venom. Yeah. But you give me someone that could access anger healthy, Mm -hmm. 
You could do anything. Anything. It's the fuck. When you want to kick down walls when you're yeah. like that. Harness that yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Not repress it. Right. And use that animal. Because we're just sophisticated animals. We really are. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's it. We're just ultra sophisticated animals. <laughs> fancy, fancy animals. Right. Yeah. And we've tried as a society to outsmart mm-hmm. and even believe that we are animals. Mm-hmm. We're animals. Yeah. Two thirds of our brains are animal. And if you learn to work with that, the best. It's so, so easy. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I really love that part of me. Mm-hmm. And the more I'm able to embrace and integrate the animal and the human, and then just realize in order to become a fully actualized person it is when the animal you hold the leash on the animal the animal doesn't hold the leash around you anymore Mm -hmm. that's it yeah that's all the quest for me is and the animal is also the inner child Mm. because my son right now wild He's yeah. an animal. Yeah. He's just Wild. a fucking animal. And we, but we try to domesticate. We do. I mean, we domesticate our children yeah. to, like, suppress that part, suppress the anger, suppress the animal. Yeah. Don't do this. You got to be yep. here. Box, you're not advancing box, box, enough. Box, you're not box, too box. quickly. Oh, you're supposed to be doing this by this time in your life. And I'm just like, people ask me about the milestones of Santi. Does he do this yet? <laughs> that yet? I'm just like, what if he's not meant to be uh, hooked on phonics genius right now? Yeah. But this guy has a beautiful gift of physicality. Yeah. We're more than likely advanced somewhere that we don't realize we are because we're looking at the societal norms or standards of where we're supposed to be. Right. And one of the examples this has come up is, they're like, oh, did you start potty training or doing anything when Santiago? I'm just like, is it really a big deal if this guy shits in a diaper for six more months? <laughs> like in the long term of his life, but right. he's happy, he's yeah. healthy, he's having a great time. Do I need to go, you're fucked up, yeah. get on this toilet? That's going to do a lot more damage to him in the long run. Right. Yeah. Why can't I just let this guy... Every time I go to the bathroom, I just go, hey, Santi, come with me and just sit there and show him how to pee until he's curious enough yeah. to whip out his piece yeah. and pee. Yeah. <laughs> that's how, yeah, that's how they learn. Right. Like, why can't it Not be forced. that way instead of it being, you need to be like this now so you're like the rest of the rest. Us. Yeah. I don't want him to go into this box that is a reality. I want him to know that the reality gets shaped by him, mm-hmm. not the box shapes him. Yeah, and I only learned this in my later adult life, but every time you're working to fit into a box that's not your natural flow, not your natural cadence, not who you are, it takes so much energy. Drains you. Drains, and it, it's kids to force them into boxes that they're not, it's like, oh, this isn't fitting, and so I'm just going to jam it and jam it. That takes a lot of energy, whereas if you just let the natural flow happen, I mean, with development, you're going to land in the place that's most needed for you right in that moment. 
children, adults, everybody. Agreed. You know what's really interesting? You just popped up in my brain. Isn't that the foundation of shame? Mm, that you're not on track for someone else's plan. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, yeah. That's shame. Right. Right? It's, oh, the way you draw isn't the way I like it. So you're not a good <laughs> yeah. drawer. Well, what if <laughs> that's the way he wants to right. draw? And the acceptance of it is what creates the shame. It's like if you hear that and you're like, oh, shit, maybe I should draw like them. Right. Yeah, and that's what we condition. And then all of a sudden, I'm trying to draw to someone else's idea of good drawing instead of just what I feel. Yeah. And then I even talk with men in the program. We're doing a lot of creation work and design work of their life. They can't imagine things very well mm. because they yeah. can't connect to their artist. Right. And then I go, well, when was the last time you drew a picture? Mm -hmm. They're like, what? And then we go farther down. In sixth grade, someone told them their art sucked. Yep. And then they never picked up a pencil mm -hmm. to draw again. It's this, yeah. It's the same mechanism. Right. Creating your life. Is and that's built off shame. Yep. Mm -hmm. And screw it. Yeah. Why do we have to have shame mm -hmm. to begin with? Because... It's not accepted. Well, screw you if yeah. you're uncomfortable with it. That's your problem. Yeah. Not someone else's. Right. And I think it's a cultural thing that's happening is that it's easier to then see the other person as the problem. Oh, you're not fitting into our box. So, like, all my attention is going towards you to fit in our box. And that's just to keep me from <laughs> dealing with the box that I've put myself in and dealing with whatever's coming up for me. And so it's just like this outward looking approach to living that nobody wins no one you're not winning because you're not looking at your shit you're just putting it on someone else and other people are accepting it as their shit and then so they're losing too totally like, fuck what if we all just stoned our shit yeah <laughs> and then also i really believe that a lot of people who do that are doing that from a good place at first to right. maintain order right mm -hmm. and yet at the same time wouldn't we all just want healthy happy, considerate people, and wouldn't that give us all order? Yeah, order happens at a lot of different stages of development. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of examples of order, but not necessarily humane or kind or loving. There's right. plenty. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, you know, captivity. Right. Mm -hmm. um, racism. Slavery, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? These huge issues for people. It's really a quest to have a false sense of order, yet would order, the idea of ordinary or order in that sense even be necessary if we just let everyone mm -hmm. and accepted that about them, and then people would be more considerate because people would be more considerate to themselves. Yeah, I believe that. And I use the word considerate because that's how I teach men empathy. Because mm. empathy in action is consideration. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's someone outside of myself. Right. Has, yeah. Like when you park like an yeah. asshole yeah. and you just get out of the car, uh -huh. you're unempathetic yep. to the world. Mm -hmm. You don't feel yep. what the effect of your one bad parking job mm -hmm. is going to do uh -huh. to the other 30 cars Mm -hmm. in this thing mm -hmm. because you thought you were two minutes late or your yeah. time was more important. Mm -hmm. So literally you become inconsiderate mm -hmm. and then that is a chain effect 
on the whole system. Yeah. I've been learning at a very deep level of consideration as I'm getting, preparing myself for partnership. That's a next level. And I think there's things that happen in our life that will just force us into growth. And then there's the things that we can choose and prepare for and train in the off season for. And so the parking spot is training. Yes. It's like, oh, I'm training this one thing that's inconsequential to the bigger, well, maybe not, but (laughs) it seems smaller so that muscle is trained enough to when the big consideration needs to happen, I'm ready. It's just another step. It's not just this big. Yes. Yeah. For instance, when someone stops for me to cross, I don't go into a full sprint. I do a nice valet jog. <laughs> but that's what you right. You know yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, oh for sure. Okay, if you've yeah. ever worked valet, yeah, you know I you're have, not yeah. you're not breaking world records. Yeah. So you want to show that guy you mean business. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? At least till you turn the corner right. to the parking garage and then you start walking. Uh, yeah. Just give a good little trot. You trot. add a couple more yep. steps pep. to your cave. Yeah, yep. pep to your step. Yeah. And those are the little <laughs> things where the consideration muscle can mm. be there or you thank someone. Yeah. That's you look someone in the yep. eye and you bow to them and you thank them and then you move. Mm-hmm. And those are those tiny things and consideration helps you see yourself mm-hmm. and you see other people. Mm-hmm. And seeing is to me love in action. Right? You want to love someone, you consider them first. Yeah. So then you could see them and that's love. Yeah. And that's why children do not understand love because they don't have a prefrontal cortex to understand consideration. Mm. And then oftentimes, if they weren't taught that, they grow into adults physically, yet they live a paradigm of inconsideration. Mm. And then the idea of understanding love on a deep level isn't understood because they don't know how to demonstrate it. Yeah. And that's it. Back to music. (laughs) Nothing against the Queen Bee Beyonce. I just feel that John Mayer does it better. There's a song (laughs) called XO, and he says, nobody sees what we see. They're just hopelessly gazing. And what he means is no one sees our love Mm. the way we do. Mm -hmm. No one sees each other the way we do. And that's why seeing someone is love. And actually, I see yeah. you. And the consideration is the pursuit of that, of yeah. seeing their love. It's the seeing, doorway yeah. to yeah. love. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's why empathy is the door. So empathy is the feeling and love is the feeling. Consideration and seeing is the action. Yeah. So if you want to go feminine and talk about the feeling side, You feel empathy, but you show empathy by considering, and then you love someone, so you see them. Yeah. You see them. And when we're able to really do that, and then also, too, like I said, with these men that come to me, and they're very much doers or very logical, I say, I encourage you to consider. I I encourage you you to consider your wife. And then all of a sudden, they're empaths, right? Because I got to tell you, bro, when people are like, you don't know me. I'm an introvert. Oh, uh, I'm Meyer Briggs, uh, INFFU. That's what I say (laughs) in my brain. I go, go, oh, so you were conditioned. You grew up in a family that you were conditioned to be 
that way. Yeah. Because my son right now, I'm like, yes, I'm dare you an empath. Of course he is. Yeah. Everyone. Everybody is. It's energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because I've been in personal development for a long time. Almost all of my personality type yeah. quizzes have changed that are seemingly unchangeable. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, interesting how I just unlearned some shit. And now in this moment, I'm this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The environment is what creates the personality Mm -hmm. and fosters the personality. Yeah, for sure. You give me someone that's an introvert and they go and live in a open, accepting, Mm -hmm. loving, sharing, non-shaming community. Like, oh, I actually like people. (laughs) I want to be around people. (laughs) Feels great. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, I could talk to someone about my problems? Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. You're not alone. Oh, shit. Freedom is here. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And even for me, I saw that really change for me when it came to social settings. Mm. For oftentimes, when I was younger, I would go to a party and only talk to one or two people mm-hmm. and not want to be around so many people. And then I just realized that that's just a reflection of me mm. and where I feel insignificant. Mm. And I'm not able to feel like I could add to the whole. Mm. And so it's going to be better for me to hide myself because I don't feel that I could add or I'm worthy of adding. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? <laughs> when you're worthy to be there, you feel your own self-worth and that mm-hmm. you could contribute. Why would you ever want to just sit in that fucking mm-hmm. corner yep. when you could add to someone's betterment, including yourself? Yeah. To me, that's selfish. And I think, yes, I like redefining selfish for people. And it's okay that that changes from moment to moment. I think it's like the attachment to putting yourself in the identity that's the problem. What if one day I do want to just sit home and one day I want to go to the fucking party and I want to see everyone and do the thing. And I find that there's a lot of judgment, self and others. Yeah, it's the resistance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the fighting or believing you're supposed to be the labeling of these things when they could all move at any moment. Anytime. And something else that I've been doing lately to let go of the past is I started letting go of the good past. Mm, Explain that. Okay. So when I realized that a lot of what people try to do is they want to let go of their past, but they want to let go of the bad past and not the good past. Well, in order to let go of the past, you got to let go of all the past. Mm. And so why not start with the good? Because you like it. Yeah. And it's technically like easier yeah. to let go of a good memory if you can train it to let go of a good memory mm-hmm. because it's there. And then you get confidence to go and face the bad one I really or like whatever this. that is. Yeah. But it's even the labeling of good past and bad mm-hmm. past that plagues us. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, what's something good that's happened in my life and my past? I'm just going to let go of that one yeah. first. And then when it goes, ooh, I did this to someone mm-hmm. that I still carry shame for, I'm just like, it's just like the good past. Let it go. Yeah, let it just let it go. Yeah. It's easy. Mm-hmm. So letting go of the good mm-hmm. past or any mm-hmm. good deeds I've done yeah. has allowed me to let go of the bad deeds. Mm, I love that. So think of all the good shit you've mm-hmm. done and don't hold 
don't I don't hold myself on that high horse or that state, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'm not attached to mm-hmm. the bad one. And fucking love that, right? Yeah, because then it's just like. It's all the past. It's all the past. It's all gone. And it's any attachment to the past that keeps you from moving forward. It's an anchor any way you look at it. And in some way, you're creating this situation of scarcity that better good times aren't going to come because you're trying to recreate or hold on to these old. Right. And if you let go of a good past, what's more than likely going to come is a good future. But if all there is inside of you is good past. Mm Mm-hmm. No bad past. Mm-hmm. What do you got room for in your future? Yeah. Bad future. Mm. <laughs> or what you would label as bad yeah, future. for sure. What if there was... You're holding up him. What if there was just a void? Yep. Completely. Yep. Just now. Mm-hmm. Cool. There's less like, suffering. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling Ro that two weeks ago on a date, and I go, she's like, do you remember this? I go, Ro, this is going to sound really trippy. I'm letting go of every past oh, I, I could that. think of. I don't. I don't recall that. Tell me more. And that's why, too, mm. I do my best to resist taking pictures. You know what's really funny is I've been feeling my memory is getting worse. Worse. And that's yes, just like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, wow. Yeah. That just connected some things. Like, I'm just letting go of those things, those, those pieces. Cool. And like, yeah, I didn't remember that great vacation, that great memory. And like, that's okay. It's like, oh man, I wow. forgot that. Cool. Not only okay, but mm. she's it. like, "What do you mean you don't remember that?" Yeah, I'm just like, "Cause I don't want to cling yeah. to the I'm bad." I'm remembering one. this right now, <laughs> like right, right now, right now. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. and I'm just. That's what I started doing more is yeah. take the good ones mm. and let's forget Love those. It. Yeah, and then we have room for more mm-hmm. of any any presence and definitely more future. Fuck yeah. Love it. And that's really been my quest lately. Yeah. You've been talking a lot about, let me give you this opportunity, talking a lot about the program you run. And yes. like all this shit that we've been talking about is what you also do. Yeah. Provide for other men. It's my party trick. Tell us about your party trick. You just showed us your party trick. Now tell us about it. Yeah. So <laughs> without therapy as it stands right now, and I'm completely open to this evolving into an, not a coaching program, two of it is one mm-hmm. day. And yeah, right now where it stands, I work with men and I choose to work with men because it's the path or the gender that I feel that I have walked through, the journey that I've walked through the most, and I feel the most qualified mm-hmm. to walk people through. Mm-hmm. And then depending on who I try to enroll with the program, I get on the phone with them and see if there are parallels to my journey to theirs. Mm. And then I trust that I could be their Sherpa Mm. because a Sherpa to Mount Everest and a Sherpa in a hunting to go hunt like Monzo. A guide, yeah. yeah. Right? Is a whole different thing. Yeah. And so when I'm talking with men, I first go, okay, so where are we at? Where are you at in your life? And then by just listening to them, I could identify if I could walk them to where they want to go. My ego just doesn't say I'm every man's coach. Yeah. And then when they're there, then I offer them a chance to be in my program. (laughs) And I love 
working with a small group of men at a time. And that is Ryan, my beautiful business partner over there, often reminds me that it's usually not the greatest for business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and we dance with that yeah. all the time, the scaling and the non-scaling mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. or how much is scaling yeah. when the product doesn't feel great, especially yeah. for someone like me that is the chef. And this is my restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I personally would rather have an eight-seated, eight tables and know that my food is going to be created mm-hmm. and savored beautifully mm-hmm. than have a 30-person restaurant and we're just no connection cooking yeah. food. Yeah. And those eight tables are going to be full. People are going to want to sit in those seats. Yeah. Right. And they're yeah. going to be a higher value. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be a real experience. Mm. And the work I do with men is 12 weeks at a clip. And we have ongoing work and integration, but it's a 12-week clip where first unweeding, mm-hmm. recreation, now that you could see the garden mm-hmm. for what it is, and then four weeks of belief that you are a gardener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You could change your garden anytime you want, and here are the tools on how to do it. Hmm. Here's what we just went through. I pull back the curtain and go, here's the tricks. Mm -hmm. Now go live your life because I am not here to hold the tools forever. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful and fortunate to be able to do that and the men that have been in our program and went through it, it's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And to be that chirp and guide for them along that journey feels amazing. Mm-hmm. And every time someone goes through the program, I know more and more why I came and knew that this was the right thing. And we're rocking and rolling with it. It has its up and downs, like all the business stuff does and that doesn't mean though it's not fun yeah that's just the fun figuring out process right and i really enjoy it it gives me so much joy to see that ripple effect and there is a men teach by modeling and to think that i'm doing my part to help men model themselves and just their families And the ripple effect of that is something that I can never measure. What else is there to do in this life? Yeah. That I could understand in this present moment. And it's so cool. I have so much fun doing it and being a part of people's journey and supporting them the same way that I've been supported Mm -hmm. by your program and things like that. This is me paying it forward Mm -hmm. because of my gratitude to all of the mentors. This is how I believe you pay mentors back. If anyone's out there, you could refer a bunch of people to the program and do all that stuff. I get that. And anyone that wants to do that is there, is that way. And so for me, I love feeling like I've made my mentors proud Mm. by giving it to the next ones. Mm Mm-hmm. That's healthy, right? Because you embodied it first, and then that's what modeled it for the next. And the great thing is, is that once you're in it, you just keep going. You're like, oh, new version of this model, new version, yeah, yeah. 
love it where can people find out about alpha hippie i am alpha hippie is all the great channels bells and whistles Mm -hmm. angelo i think it's underscore yeah underscore cisco on instagram i do my best to not get crazy in this instagram world these days especially now god dang it i don't know algorithms they got the new one now don't Mm -hmm. look at the sensitive shit yeah yeah. i'm gonna Mm -hmm. make sure that you come on here and you just get hit with ads yeah 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 protect you you from feeling protect you from thinking right and just make sure that you're getting the right ad put in front of you at the right time Mm -hmm. and we're all there to support and doing that and for me angelo at imlfippy.com just keep it real yeah hit me i'm a human being will i answer your message in 14 seconds no weirdo go get a life don't stare at your phone yeah after you hit the button i'm living mine yeah please go live yours mm-hmm. right i'm not attached to it yeah i selfishly just put that away the only paper i still read the paper mm. i'm so old school i still read the paper the only news that i take in is the se times which is it got delivered today in front of my house. Nice. I read the local newspaper uh-huh. because I only feel truth. Remember the saying, believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that now differently than if that thing, that saying's been around long enough that you know and yep. I know we didn't grow up in the same place? Mm-hmm. Why are people all of a sudden clinging to? looking at these news and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and then you go somewhere and you go this is not what the news said it was right Mm -hmm. and so for me i keep it real as present as i can because the only thing i know right now or trust right now is that you and me are sitting here Mm -hmm. talking and the rest of it i don't know yeah don't and i don't want (laughs) to cling to someone else's version Mm -hmm. unless i know them yeah Mm-hmm. and really trust them mm-hmm. and know what their intentions are yeah. and the mm-hmm. context that they wish to deliver that information from. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. Yeah, it does. Yeah, bro. So we just put out this really cool quiz, and it's all about, so Alpha Hippie's mission is to help men go pro. Mm-hmm. And what that really is is I wish to debunk we wish to debunk as a company that, oh, it's not about just being a good entrepreneur or being a good father. Be a professional man mm. and then go put on a mask, which is a role. And then all you have to do is learn the skill of the role. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yet, if you don't have a pro man mm-hmm. and then you go try to be a father, and even though you try to do all the skill, you will fall short. Mm. Same thing as an entrepreneur, yep. husband, all that. Yep. So we created a quiz that's on all our channels and we're putting on everywhere. And it's all helping men understand if they're ready to go pro, what being pro is and what area of their life are they really looking to stepping into going pro first mm-hmm. in their self, in their relationships, in their business. And helping them all debunk this. And so the quiz is absolutely everywhere. It's free. You go on there and then I send you, there's some videos that we've created to really help men 
get into this idea because when I was a young boy, I really didn't know what I wanted to be as an adult. And if I said anything, it was more than likely because it was influenced on me. Yeah. And yet what I really wanted to be was a man. Just Mm -hmm. feel like I was a man Mm -hmm. that my dad couldn't ground me or another person couldn't bully me. I just wanted to be a man. Mm -hmm. Feel like and know, not feel, just know, believe deep inside of me that I was a man. And so going pro as a man is so big for us. And the Go Pro quiz is now available. We worked really hard on this thing because it's a lot of different, how many different clicks and shit? I don't even know how many times we read it. You know, you look (laughs) at stuff because you click here, you go here and all that beautiful stuff to create these types of work. And so please check that out on all our good channels and that's really the first taste of what Alpha Hippie is and how we may be able to serve you on your journey. And if that rings true to you as well as something that you really want to embrace in your life is being knowing and believing and doing what it takes to be a pro man, to just be a man. Be a man. I'm a man. Mm-hmm. Because to me, we're non manly actions show up and boy actions show up is the difference so the me too movement is not against pro men it's against boys yeah wounded boys yeah yet men that know their men do not take advantage of women for their bodies yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. thank Love you, you chris this Love is great too. thanks for this coming up to the crib yeah and we had a great time it's always a pleasure no i'm so grateful and yeah you know, any man that could come over to the house, drink a couple of coffees, and smoke some bags at 9 a.m., fucking cool guy in my book. <laughs> Sounds like a guy I want to hang out with That's all day. Right. And I right. mean, not like, oh, what do you mean? It's not even noon yet. Yeah, well, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's noon somewhere. <laughs> noon, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, brother. My thank honor. you for being on. Just love every time we get together now. So more yes. of this. We have yeah. to do it more frequently, especially yeah. now that you're you're falling back to the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't run away for too long, bro. Uh, you know, I, this bosom I, that is California. It's nurturing. It's the nurturing. milk the milk that comes out of the California teat. <laughs> Sweet. Can't be beat. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you for being on. Grateful. And folks. If you like this episode, please share it. Go check out I Am Alpha Hippie and leave us a review. That's something that the podcast gods like really, they really enjoy that. For sure. They do. Yeah. And yeah, please give a good review or not, you know, leave any review. Yeah. Make it honestly a a pleasure (laughs) one, you know? And also, too, I tell people, I want feedback, not flattery. Mm, Yep. Mm -hmm. Because the feedback, Gives us all an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And feedback is feedback on the art, not the artist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two different things, people. Yep. yep. No character attacking. Mm-hmm. We love you. Love you, folks. Thanks for tuning in.